Look, I, I, I don't have a lot of time right now, and this is not maybe the best way to give this information to you, but I am one of, if not both of, uh, your biological parents. So I don't have money for child support or you support. Um, but what I can offer is some Patreon shoutouts. In reverse alphabetical order this time, Zach, V. Dion, Stephen Mayfield, Steph, Spence, Sammy V, Pilnock, Niall Glover, Nez, Nene12715, Nancy Konek, shoutout Cam's mom, Matt, aka Stormageddon, Kyle Hatfield, Kirby's Creeper, Hanakim, Effin Science Man, Ezra, Emphatic Olive, Emo Seal, Emma the Seance, Emily Lyon, Domino RBG, Doc Rubente, Colleen Humphreys, Charlotte Ellis, Casual Colleen, Ben Krieger, Andrew Albers, and Alice Montgomery. So yeah, that's it. Um, I birthed you or supplied the birth juice for you. If you want to, you know, send me Christmas cards now that I'm one of your biological parents. Um, all you got to do is just draw a skull on the envelope and throw it up in the air and a crow will catch it and bring it to me. And there had better be a McDonald's gift card in there. Or you know what? You're out of the fucking will, dude. Anyway, uh, speaking of will, listen to this podcast, will you? Good morning, friends, and welcome to Hamburg Lore, the show where we explore the weird characters and history that's used to sell you food and other garbage. I'm your host, Cam Koenig. And I'm Wildberry Brant. Great. Uh, and today we're joined by our good, good pal, Sammy. Hi, Sammy. How's it going? Hey. <laughs> <laughs> I'm fine. I Okay. Every time the, the mm. my little, our little two-way phone system rings, our little, like, nuclear mm -hmm. war oh god nate needs me for a podcast what's up mm -hmm. it's either for a snack it's so i have to come ready to fight or mm -hmm. psychic damage to me specifically so yeah you're gonna get one of those yay at least this show i feel like it, we kind of just pick our guests it feels like a jury summons yes you know yeah um yeah you get it you get a you get a you get a glazed donut in the mail with nothing written on it and then that's how you know that you have to like be on yeah, discord at such absolutely. and such time we give you no information otherwise <laughs> which is why there's so many ants in my mailbox fucking mario <laughs> never gets ants when he gets his little smash letters i get ants aplenty yeah it's fucked up <laughs> fucked up i don't apologize for it um I, I would like to take this opportunity to apologize to myself, however, because I'm not going to ask you a question, Sammy, because that precious time right now is going to be used for something that has been uh, thrust upon me uh, this evening as I got home from work. Audrey bought uh -huh. some Peepsy. Peepsy, dude! Okay! Peepsy, dude. Have you tried it yet? I'm about to for the first time. Oh, baby, I've had this. I've supped of the Peepsy. You have to give us a full oral like like report on how it yeah. smells, how it looks. It just smells like sugar. Mm-hmm. Oh my god. Okay. There we is go. it cold or is it is it? It is. It room? is. It is warm. I I could have put it in the perfect, fridge, but I just. Didn't but you'll get you'll room. get the flavor now. It's this. Way. It's better. It's better now. A warm <laughs> yeah. temperature. Warm room temperature peeps here. So. Hmm. Hmm. 
Yeah, I don't think I like that. <laughs> no, it's bad. Yeah. Gang, hey gang, hey listeners at home, it's very bad. <laughs> so like, what if you took Pepsi, which is already like whatever, like mixed in basically like, hold on. God, mm, God, fuck. I don't know why I took a second drink of that. I've had whiskey that's gone down smoother. Um, It has like the vibe of like a cream soda mixed thing. Like how like sometimes they'll do that. But like you just get the like. Memories of marshmallow at the end of it. Here's here's <laughs> here's my take on it, which yeah. is it doesn't taste like peeps. It tastes like the non flavored like sugar that's on the outside of a peep yeah that you like took mm -hmm. a cheese grater and grated that all off and then put that in an already open thing of pepsi that's what it tastes yeah. like to me yeah i don't i thought about uh, like oh do i want to just like DoorDash in some peepsies just so i can have it for the hamburger uh recording hey, you don't and i yeah I, I i was like typing it in and i was like i don't like pepsi and i don't like peeps mm -hmm. so but maybe you'll like it yeah this is bad Hey, in the Discord, get some Peepsy and let me know how it went. <laughs> yeah. Uh, what is your what is your favorite soda? You're drinking a Dr Pepper uh, diet right now. Yes. Is that the is that the Favski? Uh, of late, certainly. Um, it's, a, it's a fucking good one. It's between that and like I like Coke Zero. Coke Zero is just good. Yeah, mm. I think I think Coke I, and Dr Pepper have the best like of the zero sugar varieties. Um, well, speaking of sugar free, yeah, the year is 1997. Nice. It's a little upstart company in the Pacific Northwest. They were getting ready to ship their newest version of a software that you have probably heard of, Microsoft Windows. Oh. After learning about oh. a little... Uh, little guy named Bill Gates. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> yeah, after learning on this little, like, Stanford study uh, on, you know, like, social interfaces and how people kind of interact with technology, Microsoft took this to heart for their upcoming release and prioritized adding a new feature to their release, uh, which was called Microsoft Bob. Um, I don't know if you ever mentioned or like have ever seen or messed around with some of that stuff. It was like I never fucked with Bob. It was like internally called like this software was called like Microsoft Actor. Um, Actor. Sorry, that's the Pepsi gumming up my fucking throat. Um, <laughs> the Pepsi claims you. It's, oh, man, it's. Uh, that shit yeah. is gonna stick with me. This is a science experiment now. <laughs> yeah. um, I got that peep gurgitation. Uh, anyway, this is a peep show now. Um, uh, hey. So, uh, Microsoft Bob was this like internal assistant for your operating system. He used like a rudimentary like uh, text to speech kind of a thing. He'd like check in with you occasionally. Usually, use them to like run searches and stuff like that. Uh, they decided to kind of further iterate on this software over the next couple of years with the framework essentially being renamed to Microsoft agent, but most notably they released him clippy. Could it be son? I fucking knew it, <laughs> but, but this report is not about clippy because holy fucking shit. Did people fucking hate clippy when he came out? When he can wow, it's like really fucking easy looking back with, you know, like nostalgia glasses and shit being like, ah, oh, Clippy was like kind of cool. It was like this weird fucking thing. He was so fucking annoying. 
Um, he just kept like <laughs> popping up like the ways to turn him like off or get him to go away were not really like made super clear. It was just kind of like same a messy uh, like a super <laughs> messy thing software wise like but you know people weren't entirely against the idea of something kind of like clippy but clippy kind of like slowly went away clippy was also only confined to like their office products so <laughs> it wasn't like an official like microsoft thing it was their office branch or whatever but there was a power vacuum and like all power vacuums somebody's got to step up the year is 1999. It is the dawn of the age of the Bonzi Buddy. Today we're talking about the Bonzi Buddy, everybody. Um, Never, ever have I heard of what you're talking about. So I'm very surprised by that. This is new for me as well. Is it? Is it like a proto-Tamagotchi? I'm sure we'll find out. Yeah. No, no Googling. Googling. Yep. No touching. So, they don't allow you to have Google in here. I wrote some of this assuming that either of you would know who it is. Uh, mm -hmm. So let me take a step back here. So, so Bonzi Buddy was this virtual assistant that you could install on your computer. This was around like Windows 2000, Windows XP, like that kind of like getting into like the internet becoming a quote thing, you know, culturally and societally. He was basically this like free download virtual assistant. He would hang out. He would hang out on your desktop. Um, he would, you know, like just fucking juggle coconuts. He used like fucking like he would just do these like weird idle animations. Um, essentially, uh, he could be used for like. I feel like I'm at the pitch meeting for it. Right. But the but the guy that's pitching it chugged a Pepsi beforehand. <laughs> like yeah. he can do like like stuff. I don't know. <laughs> I'm just the most tired I've ever been. Here is a picture of Bonzi Buddy. Okay, let's have a look. Oh, oh, yeah. oh, oh, this guy. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, there it is. Everybody knows what this fucking dude looks like. I know this white boy. So he's a little purple gorilla. He's like a virtual assistant around the time that Clippy largely kind of fucking crashed and burned. But Microsoft was still like kind of like lightly pushing the idea of virtual assistants because it was fucking 1999 and people didn't really know how to use the internet. It was kind of overwhelming. They knew it was this big thing and they knew it was like what everything was going to, but like they didn't really have anybody to kind of help them figure it out. But, mm -hmm. it, you know, in walks this fucking cute little purple gorilla that could like just, you know, hey, do you need help sending an email? I'll fucking send your emails for you, dog. I got you. You want to like look up something? It's like, think of a virtual assistant if you are listening to this and you just like have no idea about this. Maybe you're a little bit younger. Think of a virtual assistant as like, you know, like Siri, Cortana, like fucking Alexa, but it's like just a special app that you just kind of keep on your computer and you kind of manually grant access, granted access to do things on your behalf. Um, people just didn't really know how that stuff worked. And so I had I had seen this guy before, but I mm -hmm. did not know what he was in any capacity. Yes. In like no like Sammy, you've seen this guy before, you mm -hmm. said oh, now yes. like. Mm -hmm. Is this like I don't know? For me, this may he may as well be like the fucking dancing baby like CG yeah. thing. And like, like he like kind of gets lumped into it for a while. Like I don't know if uh, anybody I know you two have, but like listening to the show have seen uh, my dumbass live stream overlay that is just basically a Windows XP desktop. This motherfucker's on there. Like it might this might might be yeah. where I know him from. It might be, right, yeah. Likewise, um, does he do the coconut juggling in that thing as well? Uh, no, he just kind of dances. Okay, because the coconut juggling sounds familiar. But yeah, 
but yeah. uh yeah was he, a bar we went to he was basically a <laughs> just like a fun little silly gorilla you know he was like very fun very entertaining um people really really trusted him and uh they just really fucking loved this little guy um he was fucking wildly popular like i don't know an exact number but like upper thousands of computers like for the time that's like a pretty not insignificant amount he's the monkey that stepped up he's the monkey that stepped up dude (laughs) (laughs) that's the plot to dragon ball z holy shit (laughs) shout out vegeta (laughs) welcome to the big three Um, yeah (laughs) yeah no like people just love this dude Uh, he was like super relatable and everything Uh, let's just rip this band-aid off um it was not a good program. It was not a good program at all. It was a bad fucking program. I thought you were going to say that he stormed the Capitol or something. Yeah, where was Bonzi buddy on January 6th? I yeah. don't know where he was on January 6th, dude. Yeah, so Bonzi buddy uh, started out as like, it's, it's, kind of, it's kind of tough to find information about this because the people that made this largely fucking disappeared. But I've watched like a few YouTube videos that have gone like a couple of like pretty decent deep dives into this, did some researching. I read some fucking lawsuits. Um, I like I I want I've wanted to talk about this dude for a, a while now. Um, yeah. Now that I know what it is, it's it's highly up your alley. Oh, my God. Yeah. Are you kidding me? So I, I don't necessarily know if it started out malicious or if things just kind of got that way because they recognized how much success that they had because uh, this thing grew fucking fast and it got popular like so fast and it was just like too big way too quick right this already has like the 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 suspenseful horror of like a nate presentation (laughs) (laughs) it's not gonna like it's not gonna take like as many fucking like extra dimensional weird turns i promise as many as many right um so for a while you know like every fucking application i don't know if you guys ever like tried to install any sort of program in like the early 2000s to late 90s on a computer the first thing it did was ask for registration information so you could register that software and they always asked for your fucking full name your address your phone number your age range shit like that list of fetishes right of course (laughs) the purple gorilla has to know well, the purple gorilla should already know. <laughs> He's one. You of best them. start believing in kinks. <laughs> oh fuck! You're in one. one. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ! <laughs> Yahoo! All right, that's like twenty minutes in. Uh, is that Go a record ahead. for a piss kink joke? On this podcast, no. Yeah. Um, Maybe but, the latest one. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's true. Um, but yeah, no, uh, like it asked for registration just like everything else did. And, you know, like at the time, that was a super common practice for a lot of things. Now, if something does that, I'm like, you're going to steal my data. Um, but this was, again, 1999. People did not like genuinely just didn't know any better. It was still like, quote, the Wild West. Yeah, Bill Clinton's on TV playing saxophone and shit. Don't worry about right, it. Right, absolutely. Right. Prince is telling you what year it is. It's fine. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly, Sammy. Thank you. You kind of get into it. It like, you know, it's like sending emails and stuff like that for you. But also things got bad as it got really, really popular. More people downloaded it. There are two like main bad, bad things that happened with Bonzi Buddy <laughs> that I will go over now. They were... uh Two lawsuits, basically, that happened. And these were 
in the final two years of Bonzi Buddy's existence, which uh, he was he was active from 1999 to 2004. In 2003, uh, Bonzi Software, which is just, you know, the company that made Bonzi Buddy, he was their buddy. Uh, the Purple Gorilla was their mascot. They just like, eh, I'll just fucking do that. It's cool. Great. Um, they settled a year long lawsuit over deceptive advertising practices um, where the Bonzi Buddy app would also just give you a bunch of fucking pop ups on your screen saying, hey, hey, buddy, your Internet, it could be faster. You want to go download this uh, Internet Boost app from uh, from us, your good pals over at uh, BonziSoftware.com. You want to go do that? You should go do that. Also, the reason they got sued for this is because it looked like Windows pop-up prompts. But if you clicked Ooh. the X in the corner, nothing happened. Ooh. Oh. He said, bitch, I said. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so they were straight up. It was like fucking textbook, like deceptive advertisement bullshit. Right. Right. Um, it just like directed people to their website. You know, it would pop up with stuff like that. There were a bunch of like, hey. Your IP address is getting leaked, bud. You should, uh, you want, you want something to help you out with that? We got, we got something for you. Just go to our <laughs> website. We got you, you know? We have a cure for what ails. Yeah. So basically what ended up happening with that was, uh, they were forced to label all of those pop-ups as advertisements, which they did. Uh, and then Good. also had to pay $170,000 in legal fees. Yeah. Which, you know. That's not too bad yeah right for like a corporation that feels like yeah, it's just like today's profits right, right? yeah right. right so let's get into the worst one. Oh. <laughs> 2004 uh, this is like i think early 2004 maybe you're like february or something bonzi worked at guantanamo bay <laughs> so i want to see if you two can put this one together here oh no so when you look at the bonzi buddy this little gorilla guy who do you think if you just like knew nothing about him who do you think the target audience for something like that would be? Likely he's, children. He's, he's got some children stuff going on, huh? So in addition with that, what happens whenever you just download the app? What's the first thing it does whenever you launch it? Asks you to put in your, oh no. So in 2004, Bonzi Software paid a $75,000 fine to the FTC uh, for violation of the Children's Online Privacy Protection Act. Um, because as previously mentioned, it asked for registration. The kids would just be like, yeah, I'll put that in. I'll give the gorilla whatever he wants because he is my friend. The fucking gorilla would straight up just say like, you're my best friend. Whenever it was like, you know, like doing the weird fucking text to speech thing. You're my best friend. They were, they were, they were, they were just collecting fucking personal information from children. And that sucks. Yeah. Just a bunch of boy data. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's like, all right, cool. That is what they call me in the club, yeah. is, is boy dada. <laughs> Yo, he's my boy dada. <laughs> <laughs> I'm at the top of my game, you guys. Yeah, I, yeah you really are. That peepsy took, like, all of the wind out of my sails. I'm not going to lie yeah. to you. Meanwhile, the Michael Jordan of podcasting is here. And me. And Nate's here, too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah, no, it was a it was it was a bad app. It, it, it's been like since labeled like it's like, hey, this is fucking spyware. Like, don't fucking use this shit. Um, like it, it was just like kind of like the first uh, one of the first big like things of like, you know, uh, kind of like a social engineering thing on one end. But also it was actively, you know, stealing your contact information from your Outlook profile and, you know, like just can, like taking in all of the personal information they could have because 
you know, unfortunately, what sells better than product? And that answer to that is fucking data. Like, that's how a lot of people make their money. Um, yeah, it's like the the flashlight app when you first got like when the iPhones mm -hmm, first like mm -hmm. dropped that flashlight app and like the lighter app and stuff like that. Yeah, like yeah. that stuff would hell grab your data, dude. Yeah. Cause that's how they make their money. Like you can afford mm -hmm. to put out apps for free, like fucking these guys did. And you know, as long as people are literally just fucking hand over fist, giving you their personal information and all of the details of all of their friends, like fuck dude. Yeah. It, it was a, it was a weird thing, but like there was a level of like weird charm to it. Cause yeah. of course there was right. He used like one of the oldest, like one of the oldest uh, kind of like text to speech things that Microsoft put out. Uh, I think part of the reason that he got so popular is because he was one of the first easily available text to speech platforms that people could get their hands on. I and it was see. free. So he was just like a fun fucking toy to mess around with. And then once you're done with it, you don't think like, OK, I should go through and uninstall this. Or, you know, at this point, I've already given you my fucking street address and phone number. So like, you know, you, you've got you fucking got me there. But there's like a there's been like a as all things from this kind of era, there's been like a weird uh, nostalgia for it. And uh, you can actually go and download a Bonsi buddy that like people have fan made uh, okay. from like a mirror uh, of the like Bonzi software website, like just kind of for nostalgia reasons. Um, I will say, hey, if you're if you're going to do that, maybe do it in like a virtual environment or something like don't don't put that on your fucking don't put that on your fucking computer like it, it could it could be very safe but like i don't know man like it just feels like that could absolutely turn into one of those things that is just like a hey a bunch of people downloaded this thing that a bunch of people downloaded because it was harmless and then it turned out to be bad but like twice and that seems weird so. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna download TikTok and just let the two fight on my phone. It's, yeah. it's Talkzilla <laughs> versus Purple Kong. Yeah, Ooh. yeah. Let them fight. Let them fight. Ooh. <laughs> Who can steal the most data? Whoever wins, we lose. Yeah, yeah. let's just marinate in that for a minute. Extremely mm -hmm. good. Yeah, it was it was just kind of an interesting thing though. Like it was uh one of the uh I think bigger instances of uh. I think people realizing that, hey, maybe we should have some Internet laws, you know, this is like the, this is like the boneless version of uh, the movie Her. Kind of. Yeah, <laughs> actually. Yeah. Everybody trusted this thing and then it and then it decided it didn't like us anymore. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah, there's a there's there's a whole lot of there's a whole lot of like if if people are interested in like just learning about this shit, like I'm the fucking guy who will just sit and watch like well, how did this computer virus spread? And I want to see like some people like pull up a virtual machine and like, you know, okay, well, I learned about the history and I want to see it like actually work and shit like that. There's a lot of really fucking cool shit on YouTube about that stuff. Mm -hmm. um, highly, highly recommend looking into that. Um, I've been watching like uh, Nation Squid's a good channel. Uh, Disrupt is pretty good. Their video on Bonzi Buddy is good. Their older stuff has a shitty person on it. So maybe don't, but um, yeah. Cam does the same shit that I do with, or like the, with computer viruses that I do with real viruses. Yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah. And that's like absolutely just a byproduct of me having done IT for 10 fucking years. But mm -hmm. um, that shit's like super fascinating. Like, I, I think it's super interesting. And I, I kind of wanted to like bring something like because I cause ultimately this show is fucking whatever I want it to be. But 
Uh, mm-hmm. I, you know, I just, this is the closest thing. Like, I don't know. Sometimes mascots are bad, actually, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> like, uh, mm-hmm. this one caused so many fucking problems. Just it, this one broke the law. Yeah. Multiple <laughs> times. It stole information from children, dude. <laughs> And worth noting, they paid less in fines on that one. Garbage. Because it's child-sized fines. Exactly. Mm. They're fun-sized. Kid tested, mother approved. Oh, yeah. Well, anyway, so that's uh, that's the purple monkey dude, little fucking Ponzi buddy guy, I guess. Uh, Yeah, he'll, like, sing nursery rhymes and shit to you, which is very weird. Like, I don't like that. Yeah. I don't want stuff to sing me goodnight. If it doesn't have a soul, you can like, I don't want that. You, you like interacted with it by like fucking clicking on its tummy. That was weird. Me too. You're not fucking special. Yeah. I, I am like, I don't remember if we had it installed when I was a kid. I've, I have like messed around with this thing. It might've been at somebody else's house. Cause you know, fuck their computer. I don't care. But, and dear listener, there is porn of him. Oh, of oh. course there is. Are you kidding me? Yeah. <laughs> I looked Do into not. it 35 minutes ago. And anyway we, we started recording 27 minutes ago <laughs> <laughs> anyway uh let's take a quick break uh and we'll come back and uh i don't know nate probably is not talking about spyware maybe All right, we are back. Uh, Nate, go ahead. Welcome to another Snack It, where we are going to... No, I'm just kidding. I'm, I have a regular <laughs> I was going to say, I saw too much text on your fucking phone screen. Oh, my God. This is a Snack It. <laughs> yeah, no, this is... Yeah, this, this is all scripted. Yeah, as all of our Snack It's are, it's scripted. <laughs> my Apple Watch just tracked a measurable increase in my heart rate for a second there. <laughs> <laughs> Nate, Nate, you're breaking kayfabe here. You can't do that uh well okay let me yeah. get back into it the okay. world the world we bracket entertainment everybody uh it's not sports <laughs> uh in fiction and mythology a doppelganger is often portrayed as a ghastly or paranormal phenomenon and is usually seen as a harbinger of bad luck Great. other traditions and stories equate a doppelganger with an evil twin in modern times the term twin stranger is occasionally also used meaning that the two things are identical, but they haven't seen each other before. You know, like uh, the the perfect strangers thing or whatever, mm-hmm. where like this dude was this dude was triplets and he didn't even know it or whatever the fuck. I don't know. Anyway, today's report is going to talk about an instance of a doppelganger that you're likely aware of. And then, as usual, we will veer into the supernatural where we will speak of related incidents of doppelgangers. However, the supernatural and natural worlds will blend as they so oft do, especially with my reports. Y'all ever eat a hamburger? I never. Come back with a warrant. Yeah, that's Mm, actually the mm, correct mm, answer. mm. Yeah, you fucking cop. Impossible Foods Inc. is a company that develops plant-based substitutes for meat products. The company's signature product, the Impossible Burger, was launched in July of 2016. In partnership with Burger King, Impossible Whoppers were released across the United States by summer 2019. The company also makes plant-based sausage and chicken products. Have you guys ever had... One of these little guys. Oh yeah, perhaps. Yeah. Perhaps I have. Oh yeah, I, a lot. Yeah. <laughs> Sammy's on team. Like you won't get anything out of me. <laughs> <laughs> I, 
Not in a recorded medium. <laughs> Great podcast guest. <laughs> <laughs> Sammy, I ask you, like, if you've had an Impossible Burger, you just, like, start nervously sweating like, <laughs> like crazy. <laughs> I don't know. Pressing, <laughs> pressing down into the thumbtack that's in my shoe so, it, so the, <laughs> the lie detector test reads as, as true or whatever. Now, see, that's wild because I don't know what you're scared of, and I haven't even done the report yet, and so that means that there's another thing. It's because Sammy has been on this show before. That's why they're scared. I'm afraid of experience. <laughs> Fucking bars. Holy shit. I'm gonna let that marinate for a second. <laughs> anyway, um, Impossible Foods was founded by Patrick O. Brown in 2011. O. Brown? In 20... <laughs> great in 2016 the company launched its first meat analog product to the impossible burger which is made from material derived from plants as you probably know hey real quick that means that it took five fucking years to get their first version of their first product together they started in 2011 and in 2016 they were like burger well they didn't call it possible meat nathan yeah rome wasn't not built in less than a day yeah duh Balls. um so you know just 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 take just take that for example if you if you ever worry that what you're going through isn't going to reach people or that the thing you're working on is never going to come to fruition just remember it probably won't <laughs> Impo <laughs> impossible says that making <laughs> clink clink bars the only thing impossible i have to drink in here is water and peepsy i can't fucking uh. cam's gonna die he's not going for the water you're in a saw trap of your own making yeah <laughs> so impossible says that making their impossible burgie uses 95 percent less land and 74 percent less water and emits about 87 percent less greenhouse gas than making just a regular old ass burger from a big ass cow one of the big one of the big reasons why global warming is a thing is we got so many cows and there's so much farting everywhere too much and farting, that's true too much farting yeah too much shitting and farting everywhere. Those those little guys are are really cute, really cuddly. Some would say tasty, but they fart everywhere, you guys. Same. So it has less cholesterol, less calories than a similar size hamburger patty. However, it contains more sodium and more saturated fats um, than an unseasoned beef patty. The Impossible Burger received kosher certification in May 2018 and halal certification in December 2018. Mazel and mashallah to the homies. Um, unlike most plant-based products, <laughs> that's good. Yeah, Just slide that one in there. Respect. Whoa! Listen, I'm lightheaded <laughs> from that one. That sounds Dude. right. Yeah. <laughs> that fucking burger shows up at your door and you're like salam alaikum dude and it's like walaikum asalam um, <laughs> anyway like unlike most plant-based products intended to uh, emulate meat the impossible burger contains heme h-e-m-e -E. heme is the molecule that gives blood its red color and helps carry oxygen uh, in living organisms so hemoglobin right oh heme, sure. yeah right it, it's got the blood word in it um, heme is abundant in animal muscle tissue as it is also found in many other living organisms. Plants, particularly the nitrogen fixing plants and legumes also contain heme. The plant-based heme molecule is identical to the molecule that exists in meat. So plants and animals make literally the same thing 
and it and it helps oxygen transmission basically um and it's in impossible burgers as well um so to produce the heme protein from non-animal sources impossible foods selected the leg hemoglobin molecule so legume hemoglobin right so found naturally in the roots of soy plants the ceo of impossible likes to talk all the time about you know how that huge stretch of time where they weren't making the burger that they were you know thinking about every minute detail of what makes a good hamburger and trying to find the like the plant analog for that Mm -hmm. and like you know when it it comes down to like the fat striation in it like the the distribution of fat like if you buy an impossible burger uh like raw at target or whatever that bitch looks like meat it super does yeah and when you open it up it fucking smells it's got that irony smell because of that heme smell like and it's got that heme in it It smell like beef (laughs) (laughs) and like it's it it those burgers weirdly because of this heme thing they fucking bleed also which is really weird when it's like yeah we made it out of soy and peas it's like oh and it has blood okay plants bleeding is kind of the most metal shit of all time oh of course it sounds like this is the bloodborne plot yeah oh yeah 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 yeah. and i i think that like the numbers in water consumption and and land needed to justify like making it like is really what makes um non-meat meat appealing Mm -hmm. where it's like yeah bro we use 75 percent less water fucking 75 percent less land and you don't have to wait fucking six years to have a burger and 15 percent concentrated power of will yeah of concentrated power of heme mm. <laughs> um that rolls off the tongue a little bit less so yeah might, yeah, might, yeah, might, yeah might just like take that back in the studio try it again but like before impossible before the era of impossible you would just go to a restaurant and like if they had a veggie burger it would just be the kind of like shitty veggie burger that you would get everywhere mm-hmm. it was like mm-hmm. a brand thing boca burger or whatever morning star yeah. oh, yeah. all yep you'd be lucky if it was like made in house and it was good but more often than not you'd be getting the same thing that you would get at like burger king which is like a morning star farms puck with like some mm-hmm. like chunks of water chestnut in it or whatever yeah. the fuck like (laughs) those days are long gone and the situation is absolutely flipped because if i go into a restaurant and see that they have an impossible burger i'm jazzed as hell to get it unlike i would be if i saw like morningstar farms on the menu it's it's just weird that like back in the day if you were vegetarian or vegan you would see that logo and you'd be like uh i can have something but i'll just have fries honestly <laughs> but now it's like oh fuck yeah applebee's got the impossible go, burger. Baby. Fuck yeah exactly so to make heme in large quantities the company's scientists genetically engineered a yeast and used a fermentation process very similar to beer brewing in order to make it on mass uh in 2014 impossible foods declared <laughs> Lahima Goblin, Globin, Goblin, Lahima Goblin. Anyway, Jesus Christ. Lahima Goblin, Globin, fuck! That bean red. It was rated by the FDA as generally recognized as safe, which is a real, that, yeah. a real category yeah. that they have. I like the idea of the ESRB rating it instead. 
The, yeah, this is the, the yeah. We rated this T for team. This team, uh, yeah, this team is rated M for material. So the U.S. Food and Drug Administration also issued a no questions letter in July 2018, accepting the unanimous conclusion of a panel of food safety experts that the protein that carries heme is safe to eat. The FDA was like, "Cool, it's good." Yeah, all right. Yeah, cool. Seems all right. So, what do Impossible Burgers and Beef Burgers have in common? Burger. Burger. Got him. <laughs> no, got <Burger>. him. <laughs> no, they both got him, dude. Anyway. With Burger. <laughs> <laughs> but more than just saying got him, um, <laughs> another plant might be trying to re replicate something else mm. in an attempt to get to us. And now we get to the one of the things I've been waiting to do a report on for a long time. Great. Oh, goody. That's always fun for me. Do you guys know about Bochila trifoliolata? Oh, yeah, definitely. Bochila's Bo nuts. Bochila trifoliolata. Ain't that uh -huh. your other podcast? <laughs> <laughs> so Bochia is, is a monotypic genus of flowering plants native to temperate forests of central and southern Chile and Argentina. <laughs> All right. The Argentina. <laughs> that, that's what I was going for. Was the like the Matt Berry vibe? Argentina. Oh off. shit. So the so the sole species is Bochila trifoliolata. It grows vines that wrap around host plants, mimicking the host's leaves in a phenomenon called mimetic polymorphism. This shit is so fucking cool. Bochia's leaves are extraordinarily diverse the biggest ones can be 10 times bigger than the smallest and they can vary from light to very dark in around three quarters of cases they're similar to the closest leaf on another tree matching it in size area length of stalk angle and color Bochila's leaves can even grow a spiny tip on them if and only if it climbs onto a shrub with spine tipped leaves that's that's fucking wild. Fucking yeah. wild. Exactly. That's, that's, actually very cool. that's some body snatcher shit. You don't even know. Great. Great. <laughs> oh God. When there are no by no nearby host leaves to influence them, the normal leaves of the trifoliolata are regularly short and light green with rounded edges. It's just like the normal type. It's just it's a leaf. Sure. You look at it and say yeah. leaf. Yeah. I play Pokemon. Yeah. <laughs> Bokila, unlike other plants, capable of mimicry it does not require physical contact to match its host hmm. read that again yeah bochila unlike other plants capable of mimicry does not require physical contact to match its host now we're getting into some gemini home entertainment shit zero percent of this report is made up by me i believe that yeah i have a question and i'm a, i'm terrified of the answer but the question, if if a if a plant can mimic other plants and doesn't need direct physical contact, one, how does it know what the plant looks like? And that's either it knows it, it has eyes or it can read their DNA somehow. And I don't know what's scarier. Yeah, Sammy's asking the right questions here. Well, Sammy's correct. <laughs> I'll get into it later, but like the hypothesis is it either has eyes or can read the DNA of other plants. <laughs> but actually, I don't think it can read the DNA of other plants. We'll get into into to why that's the case later. But um, which it's it leaves me with thinking that they literally have eyes, which is 
not a better option <laughs> than yeah. reading DNA. I can't say I'm thrilled about it. No, no, no. So this plant's climbing behavior protects it from ground-dwelling herbivores and leaf mimicry is a protection against leaf herbivores. Uh, Trifoliolata differs from other plants that can mimic a host, like the Australian mistletoe, because it's not limited to mimicking a single host because it's not a parasite to the host tree. An individual Trifoliolata vine can mimic multiple kinds of foliage that are closest in proximity to it. Mm. So it can be around one plant at the bottom, go around another plant, go around another plant, and it will have three different kind of leaves, maybe even four if it's got its like vanilla leaves on it uh, mm. somewhere. This is that shit from Annihilation. <laughs> <laughs> so their mimicking behavior was discovered by researchers Ernesto Gagnoli and Fernando Caracaso Ura. Cara Cara it was uh, discovered by Ernest and Fernando. They uh, carried out observations and measurements in a rainforest uh, located at a national park in southern Chile. Uh, they sampled 12 different species of host trees with 45 individual Trifoliolata vines that had climbed those trees. The two closest leaves in proximity uh, between a pair of the 45 vine trees were measured 11 different traits in total. This is all to say, like, they came up with parameters where they could compare Trifoliolata to its thing that it was mimicking, right? Mm -hmm. They came up with 11 recognized traits and generally... Trifoliolata mimicked nine of 11 of those things. They also sampled, <laughs> they also sampled more vines that were planted and grew near leafless tree trunks. No leaves, mm. but the tree trunk was there and they replicated eight of 11 traits. So, hey, Jesus Christ. so, hey, okay. so, hey. <laughs> So, hey, <laughs> I don't like this. <laughs> Currently, there is no known mechanism for how Trifoliolata is able to mimic host leaves so well, but there are some proposed mechanisms. One hypothesis is that volatile organic compounds emitted from the host plant induce a phenotypic change in the nearby Trifoliolata leaves by receiving different host signals from its system. It's able to create specific signals and hormones in its tissue to regulate gene transcription of leaf morphology and developmental pathways for leaf differentiation, which is basically to say like it's, it, it yells at the plant until the plant is scared. And then the plant, the plant scared, make a, make a, make a pheromone basically. And then, the, yeah. then it sucks it up and says, I do this now. <laughs> I made this. Exactly. Well, it, <laughs> literally I made this is the whole thing, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. 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 The other hypothesis is that there could be a horizontal gene transfer between the host and the Trifoliolata. A separate study also conducted by Ganoli uh, suggests that bacterial agents, which could um, mediate a horizontal gene transfer, may play a role in leaf mimicry. Um, so, like, it's got bacteria. What does it also? Maybe. Yeah. So this is this is the scariest part that I'm about to get to. Great. So in 2021... It was suggested that the plant has some sort of vision using ocelli or ocelli ocelli vision using cells. Uh, this hypothesis was presented on the basis of experiments in which the vine appeared to mimic plastic vines of artificial plants. 
so so what happened was these people were studying this and they're like wouldn't it be funny if it replicated a fake plant and it fucking did so it is visual oh god i don't i don't care for this ain't no dna in the plastic yeah like hey what hey what <laughs> that's the end <laughs> that's we're done <laughs> I'm like as a people one two three like seven house plants right now mm-hmm hey the happening this is the happening cheese and crackers dude <laughs> that i love that line in the movie <laughs> so to recap this plant can be identical to plants that are real and fake without seeing it. And as I said before, two things that are identical but haven't seen each other. That's a fucking doppelganger, baby. Damn. That's a fucking phantom twin, baby. Damn. So in conclusion, it might seem like veganism or vegetarianism is a potentially healthier and safer alternative to a diet of flesh. However... With the mimicry present in both natural and unnatural circumstances for some plants, who's to say that what you're consuming is really what you think? Mm. Maybe these patties are rated good enough for people to eat, I guess, or whatever the fucking FDA said. But maybe the Impossible Burger is beyond incognito and is really just more homework by Bokila Trifoliolata to gather data so they can replicate us as well. This concludes all known lore on Impossible Burgers, the doppelganger. <laughs> uh, Trifoliolata don't get any on you. Thanks you, Sammy, <laughs> for being here. How's it going? Thanks for it's, thanks for putting know, up with that. This was more painless than they usually are. If people wanted to maybe find you on the internet. Where could they do that? They could, they could find me in like a glass case in Nate's apartment that says break and break in case of weird science episode. <laughs> yeah, that sounds right. Yeah. Otherwise, right. I'm on Twitter at your majesty V V E E. Great. Well, hey, if you dear listener made it this far, thanks so much for listening and check under your chair. Yep. Check under your chair. It's a brand new car. Check under your chair. It's just a good thing. To it's do. not yours. It's just a brand new car. <laughs> Give it back, please. <laughs> I have to go to work. And... <laughs> what a good bit. Okay. <laughs> uh, you know, support us at patreon.com slash some good shows. Uh, kick us some money if you want us to read your names and start a show and come hang out in our discord. It's pretty cool. Also, there's some neat, neat people in there talking about some dumb bullshit myself included uh our short music is by zach russell their work can be found at sugar crash tats you can find me on twitter at the candy man and you can find me on twitter at victory position thanks again for listening everyone and remember decay exists as an excellent form of life <laughs> <laughs>